Please pray with me. Father God, as we continue our walk toward the manger, we ask that you will speak to us in dreams and visions and words deep into our hearts. Let us see you in deeper and life-changing conviction. Bring us to repentance, especially as we face our own disobedience. Bring us even to tears as we draw closer to the miracle of the Incarnation. In your name, amen. Please be seated. How many of you have ever been to a traditional Jewish wedding? Not sure about today, but in the days when Mary was a young girl, Jewish weddings had three stages to them. The first stage is in arranging the marriage, usually done by the parents or by a professional matchmaker. Remember matchmaker, matchmaker in Fiddler on the Roof? Most times... This was done when the future bride and groom were just children. But everyone knew that this couple was a match in heaven. And once the agreement was signed, it was not easy to undo it. The second stage was called the betrothal. The betrothal was a formal ceremony where the gift of a ring and other jewels were given. This stage lasted for about a year, and it was legally binding, even though the couple did not live or sleep together. During that time, the young woman did not see the bridegroom at all until he came to fetch her to his own house. If, at this point, either party decided they did not wish to go ahead with the marriage, A divorce was required. At this stage, there could be no relationship with anyone else, and the woman was considered the wife of the person she was betrothed to, and the man was considered her husband. The third stage was the marriage itself. When the groom came to get his bride, and there was usually a large wedding feast, Mary and Joseph were in the second stage when she was found to be pregnant. Mary had been visiting her cousin Elizabeth, and she wasn't supposed to be seeing or talking to Joseph. But somehow, she got a message to him that she really needed to talk to him. Something momentous had happened. Just imagine the conversation between Mary and Joseph. But let's hear it in the context of our 21st century culture. Hmm, um, 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 Joseph, um, there's something I've been meaning to tell you, Joe. It might be kind of hard to believe. It sure shocked me. I was speechless. But, well, um, um, 
here goes. Um, it's really hard to believe. You see, a couple of months ago, oh dear, a couple of months ago, I was in my family's house. Oh, yikes. <clears throat> Concern for Mary was all over Joseph's face. Mary, what are you trying to tell me? Come on, it can't be that bad. Mary looked at her betrothed for a minute, and then she blurted out. An angel appeared to me and said I was going to have a baby. And you know how the prophets keep telling us that the Messiah is coming soon and that he will be born of a virgin? Well, the angel told me that God is the father of the baby, of my of our baby. I really don't understand exactly how it happened, but the angel told me I was going to get pregnant by the Holy Spirit. See, she says, patting her already bulging tummy. Now, obviously, Joseph is shocked. Mary has had a while to get used to the idea, but it is still pretty surreal to her. Just imagine what is going on in his head as well as in his gut. He had made a commitment to Mary, and he had trusted that she was a virgin. But pregnant? By the Holy Spirit? What's that all about? That was a bit far-fetched. I wonder if the words from Isaiah made its way into his head. The young woman is with child and shall bear a son, and shall name him Emmanuel. Joe's immediate response was to flee from the bizarre utterances of his betrothed. How could he get out of this mess? Oh, he did care about Mary. And he obviously didn't want her stoned to death or disgraced. And as he was rushing away from her, I expect a plan formed in his mind. He would quietly divorce her. No one could blame him. Maybe she could go back to her cousins until the baby was born. Maybe someone would take pity on her and take her in. But not him. He would dismiss her quietly. His mind was going a mile a minute. You can almost hear him talking to himself. How could that sweet young woman... Be so devious. What did she think she was? He was a pushover for a pretty face. What kind of person was she anyways? Good grief. Did she really think he was that stupid to believe such a dumb story? She was right about one thing, though. The prophet Isaiah did write that a virgin would bear a son, and his name would be Emmanuel, didn't he? And Emmanuel, 
What does that name, what does that word mean? Oh, what is it? Um, something about God being with us, or something like that, sure doesn't sound to me that this has anything to do with God. Mary obviously made a really bad choice. And then she concocted this story about the angel. Oh, I don't know. God, my life was all planned. It was just beginning. In a few months, Mary and I would have gotten married. And now this. Whatever is that girl thinking? What a strange story she came up with. All through the evening meal, Joe was quiet. Off in his own world, sad at times and angry at other times. Sleep was hard to come by that night as he kept tossing and turning and seeing the sweet, trusting face of his betrothed in front of him. His mind was reeling. She really thought I'd bought her story. Oh, God, what do I do? How do I dismiss her from this betrothal quietly? Everyone will know. And then she faces being stoned to death. And, and, slowly but surely, sleep finally came to the tortured young man. Have you ever found yourself in a situation that you didn't know what to do and you were tormented over your own choices? Maybe when you were younger, you were really attracted to someone, but they didn't share your values or your faith. Everyone thought you were perfect for each other, but something just wasn't right. Your every waking moment was taken up with a decision of what to do. You sought advice, but no two suggestions were the same. What to do? Whatever you chose, it not only could, but probably would change the course of your life. I am sure we can all think of bad choices that we have made. With how we spend our money, what we needed, decided to do with our lives, what schools we went to, where we decided to spend our retirement years. The list can go on and on. Sometimes I think we have way too many choices available to us. But what if we followed God's leading on all of our choices? Many of you have met and most certainly have heard of Betsy Hake, one of the missionaries St. Luke supports in Tegucigalpa, Honduras. In fact, we have a team going to Jericho Ministries in Tegucigalpa in January. I have learned much from Betsy as far as waiting for God as I seek his counsel on the decisions I need to make. 
Betsy will not make a decision until she gets clear leading from the Lord. Well, we say, I said, what if we don't hear from the Lord? What then? Betsy would tell us, and the confirmation is in Scripture, in that situation, do nothing. Nothing until you are clear about what God is telling you or leading you to do. Now, for the past several years, I have been looking for someone to take my place as the International Director of Partner Care for Global Teams. The mission organization I have been working with for close to 15 years. Just a little side note, when I started working with GT, there were 11 missionaries worldwide. Now, 15 years later, there are over 500. I am getting old and traveling all over the globe, usually by myself, just didn't seem what I should be doing any longer. Several people have been on my list for a replacement. And every time I would mention it to Kevin Higgins, our international director, he'd just sort of give me a look, and then he'd change the subject. So I kept going on, looking on my own for someone to train. There are so many people who could have been possibly good people for the job. Yvonne and Bob and Raphael, Elizabeth, Lillian, they all seem good to me. But one by one, there would be reasons that not one of them was the one, the one God wanted. But I kept on looking. I had decided that it was time for me to retire. I had made my decision. My choice was to find a replacement. Yes, I did pray, and I prayed a lot. But in all honesty, I did not hear clearly from God. But I kept looking. A dear friend told me to stop trying so hard that God would send someone when the time was right, when it was his time and not my time. So in the aftermath of Hurricane Matthew, Tamara Augustine and I packed up my car and headed for the global teams, lead teams meetings that were held in Nashville last October. I have to admit, I still had my ideas about who my replacement should be. You notice I said should, should be. At these meetings, we all have to give a presentation on our goals for the coming year. My number one goal, I'm sure you can guess it, was to find and train someone to take my place. Nobody, not one person, there are 11 people on the league team, not one person even seemed to pay attention to what I was saying. Nobody commented on that. Although there was discussion about some of the other goals that I had for partner care for 2017. 
Several others gave their presentations, and at the end, Kevin's wife, Susan, decided to present her goals. At God's leading, Kevin and Susan sold their house, and, I might add, it sold immediately when they put it on the market, so that was probably a sign that that was God's choice for them. And they have pretty much been living as nomads ever since then, traveling around the world, visiting our field partners, and doing training ever since then. This has been going on for two, almost three years now. Susan does not have a specific job within GT and has sometimes felt useless as just Kevin's wife. As Susan shared, she said that God was fulfilling her heart's desire to care for the missionaries they visited on the field. And it was like an explosion went off in my head. The next day, I had a talk with Susan and asked her what she thought about taking my place on the lead team. We talked a bit, and she said she would pray about it. And I said I would pray also. Kevin and I talked about it on subsequent phone calls. And then we left it in God's hands and let him speak to Susan. You can imagine my delight when in Mexico a month ago, Susan announced that God very clearly showed her that this was his plan for her. This is God's timing, not my timing. And I had known deep in my heart that none of these others were the ones God wanted leading partner care. But I, nevertheless, I have been busy trying to make it happen my way. Have any of you done that? Tried really hard to make things happen your way? God's choice is so much better than any one of the others for so many, many reasons. This is a pastel drawing. I hope you can all see it pretty clearly. By Duncan Simcoe. He wrote this. This is a, actually, he drew this. This is a picture of his wife. And if you can see, she has a cat in her arms, and the lily is like it's shining down light on her forehead. As he drew this picture of his wife, Kate, who, by the way, could not have any children, he also saw in this picture Mary, the mother of Jesus. And as the artist cast his wife as Mary, he wondered how he might have responded had God chosen to bring the Savior into the world through his wife. Take a moment and contemplate on what you had done if you were in Joseph's situation. So back to Joseph and the choice he had to make. What to do with Mary. In his mind, he was pretty convinced that he still couldn't marry her. 
They would have to divorce her. When we left Joseph, finally, after tossing and turning, we left him sound asleep. Matthew tells us that just when he resolved to do this, to divorce her quietly, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. And as history proves, Joseph made the right choice. He listened to the Lord. And when he woke up, he did just as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Even not totally understanding what it all meant. He took Mary as his wife. I've sometimes wondered what would have happened if Joseph had not listened to the angel. If he had made his own choice. If he had gone through with the divorce. When I make bad choices... I've wondered what it would have been like if I had listened and waited for God. Have you ever wondered the same thing? Have you ever wondered at the amazing act of obedience when God asked Joseph to make, take Mary as his wife? The artist wondered if he would have been as willing a participant in God's plan of salvation, if his wife had been chosen by God to bring Jesus into the world. I wonder, what did Joseph think when the angel told him that this baby would save the people from their sins? Did the words of the prophet Isaiah ring in his mind? Look, The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Mary, Joseph, did you know? Did you really know? Brothers and sisters, do we really know? really know that this baby would save us from our sins.